This is Dr. Rod's story uh, here in the, where am I? Cross-politics oh, Cross-politics studio. What a great place to be. Yeah, we're uh, happy to have Sorry, you. if it's Monday, it must be cross-politics. I don't really have anywhere else that I go. Uh, just I'm running from one place to the next. Well, we're privileged to have you come here then. Well, thank you. It's a good It's a good thing to kind of take a pause and, and uh, speak some words and talk about things that are important. For me, what's important is, first off, worshiping the one true God. Amen. And... Um, Everything else needs to fall in line with that. And, and frankly, the pursuit of medicine, I think, has always been a pursuit of knowing the one true God. And, I'm, and I've actually been moved to worship um, hundreds and hundreds and maybe thousands of times as I've been in my career because I, I have an opportunity to, to look deep into what God has made. And I get to see the good that was designed into it, uh, the, the, the disaster that, that came from the sin in the world, yeah. and yet even our good God who saw that coming and has designed so much protection and blessing into our bodies that protects us in spite of our best efforts mm. at destroying or our worst efforts at maintaining. But, you know, I want to talk about appendicitis and appendix today. Appendix. Yeah. We talked a little bit about gallbladders a couple of weeks ago, and, and we went took a deep dive. I'm not going to go quite as deep on appendix. Okay. You know what you know your appendix is? Uh, no, uh, somewhere here. Oh, he's pushing on the wrong side. Oh. No, not on the, you had, you had two chances, uh, left lower left or, or right, right lower. Yes, left. right lower, uh, <laughs> right lower sides so of the classic yeah. uh, approach for appendicitis is someone who shows up and says, man, I had this pain down on the right lower side and it's kind of been building. It began around my belly button and now it's down in this one location. I just don't want to move doc. Cause anytime I feel a bump, it just hurts all over sharp pain yeah and and interesting enough the story of appendicitis usually starts with about a 12 to 24 hour period where you just actually stop eating your body tells you to stop and most people have this period of what we call anorexia where they just don't want to eat that kind of precedes it as part of the story mm. so you go on a diet basically before you start yeah realizing. i mean maybe that's for the, for the best there's a few things that our body tells us to do that we probably should listen to um, instead of continuing to, to eat while we're kind of heading for needing more. So bottom, bottom right side. Bottom right side, okay. yeah. And it's actually relatively common. Uh, I didn't look up the numbers, but we tend to see uh, teenagers and adults uh, that, that kind of in their 20s and 30s show up with a, an appendix that needs to be taken out surgery-wise. There's a growing uh, interest in trying to avoid surgery, and I'd like to talk a little bit more about that today because what good is your appendix? And I'd like to say a whole lot. Well, yeah, because I remember <clears throat> actually growing up, a lot of friends getting their appendix taken out. I remember working with a buddy; he had his appendix taken out. Oh, don't oh, worry, yeah. it's nothing. It's not really a bad thing. Well, and, and and honestly, we would go a little bit further. Like, oh, this is just like a like a monkey tail, right? It's just a yeah, leftover exactly. from from our time uh, in the evolutionary tree, and who who knows what the appendix is good for? Yeah, and I would have said, well, probably not much. We'll just take that out. And actually, medicine for many many years has said not much for anything. It's just this pain in the in the end of your colon that what what good is it yeah. but i read recently something that kind of blew my mind uh that the appendix is actually an amazing organ well designed for something that happens a lot which is diarrhea okay all right follow me so you know we have uh, and, and most people i think are aware of this because we're we're uh, taking a lot of uh, supplements these days probiotics yep. uh most people are kind of popping those after they trying to regulate their guts or, yeah. or maybe um, eating some extra yogurt. And it's, and it's this idea that there is actually good bacteria that mm-hmm. line your entire large colon. Your large colon is what kind of picks up leftovers from the food that you eat. 
the roughage and, and non-digestible bits. And um, frankly, when that comes into the, to the first part of your colon, that's exactly where the appendix is. It has about six to eight feet to suck out water to be able to, instead of making it this loose stuff that would be basically dropping out of you all the time, giving you some form stools uh, so that you're, you can actually time and, and not spend half your, half your life walking around like a seagull. Okay. Yeah, which is good. Right. But, you know, we do, we have that freaking experience living in the side of heaven and uh, that, that our bowels will sometimes get really messed up um, and we'll be heaving or sick. A virus most often will get us sick or um, we see frequently in the medical world that people will take an antibiotic and it will wipe out the good bacteria that are in their gut. And then mm. they'll get, as a consequence, kind of loose stools or real runniness and really be sick for a while. So, Doc, is it fair to say so the appendix, part of what it does, at least from what I'm understanding you, is that it's that it, when food comes into the top part of your colon, mm. it helps remove the water so that you can have a tighter stool and have a better digestive system. Is yes. that fair enough? Now, that's not so much the appendix, although it's right at the beginning of where that all begins. Okay. And your colon recovers quite a bit of water that you would normally lose throughout the day and kind of recycles it back into your system, which is good. But the appendix... And this is the beauty of it. I read this article recently, and it, and it just furthered some really great scientific studies. Contains a little bit of the bacteria that you want to have always with your gut. So you oh, have healthy a, bacteria. Yeah, healthy bacteria. Uh, so if you get wiped out, you no know, other by something a doctor did to you, or uh, whether it's um, a virus that you had that just kind of had you running. Well, Doug, you, I know people who go and get their colon cleansed. And yeah, do absolutely. And so well, and, and honestly, you would not function very well. A lot of things are digested, including vitamins uh, and fats, with the benefit of the bacteria that are in your gut. Uh, and you would be a miserable person if you didn't have good bacteria there. So God has kindly given us a little appendix, a little vial, a little reservoir that helps preserve the bacteria that we need so that when we need to replenish ourselves, it's right there to seed the whole area, right from the top all the way through. Why is it taking us so long to recognize Ah, uh, well, you know, because, and this is the sad part, one of the things I'd like to talk about today is evolution has messed up medicine. Mm. Yeah, you know, so um, I grew up, and I'll give a little of my back, back story and then explain why, why I would say that. I grew up as a, as a good Baptist kid, loved the word, uh, spent most of my time in the New Testament uh, memorizing a, a few passages. You know, I knew enough of the Old Testament uh, up through perhaps Genesis 3 and maybe a few of the extra Bible stories, but really didn't have a, a good understanding of the whole of Scripture. And so when I went to Christian college, I went to Bethel College in St. Paul, now Bethel University, I thought, great, this is fabulous. I can't wait to study science from a bunch of Christians. And what I discovered is that evolution had really tainted the waters. So I had a, a professor uh, who um, kind of started the whole evolution talk. Hey, guys, now that you're old enough, you need to, you need to understand that evolution is correct, uh, that evolution is really decided, it's fully understood, and so you, you just, you know, this is the way it is. Well, for me, young 18-year-old, hearing that from a professor that it was, that it was put in front of me to trust, that was mind-blowing. And he went in and, and looked through Genesis and said, well, you know, most of this is just poetry anyways. And, you know, it fits really well with what we'd understand. But it's, the whole point of this is not really how it was made, but really just that God was involved some way. Boy, that really just sent me spinning. So I spent most of my undergraduate years before I went to medical school kind of like, well, I guess we don't know how the world was made. And um, I guess these are really smart people, much smarter than me. So here we go. And uh, that really left me blown apart, left me with a sense that I just had no idea 
and actually even kind of wormed its way into my study of God's Word. I lost that first passion um, and began to kind of pull back from Scripture, kind of thinking, well, if this part of Scripture is to be interpreted as literary and not as liter- literal, uh, maybe it's maybe it's all to be taken that way. Now, I still maintained my faith in Christ, but it really wasn't until about four or five years later as I was going through medical school that I, my wife, who was, uh, who's been faithful and loves the Lord, was studying Scripture. And I saw her um, deeply diving into Genesis, and I saw her just with a deep faith and a firm conviction and a beauty, mm-hmm. a beauty from knowing the good Lord. And I was blown away by it, so I was jealous. I was like, this girl is run, outrunning me. I think I better jump in, whatever this is. So I, so I sat down and started doing inductive Bible study with my wife in Genesis 1, 2, and 3 and beyond. And you know what I saw? I saw that our Lord Jesus was right there at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And he said, and I'll read you, this is out of John 1, uh, that some of the cross texts that we should be listening to and reading as we study the whole of God's Word really kind of say that, that our, our universe was made by a personal personal, knowable God who was there at the very beginning. John 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. That's a pretty blunt statement. So if you're going to read the New Testament and you're going to believe in Jesus, this is a statement right out of the first of John, and it sets the stage for who is Jesus. And Jesus is one and one of the things that he is is he is God eternal, and he is our Creator. So very beginning, this body that we walk around, uh, and uh, another passage that I read that just again we've talked about or used in other in other times when we've talked about who are men and who are women. Uh, Jesus makes the claim that he was right there. It says in Matthew nineteen, he answers, um, "Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? Uh, he was there." And he made them specifically to be gendered species, separate male and female, with bodies that were made by him. Uh, This God who you can read about in Genesis 2, where he says that God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils of life. uh, Some people think of that as even a kiss, that God gave us some of his breath, a physical touch as man became a living creature. This is a pretty remarkable thing, and it blew me out of the water, and it set the stage for me to go to medical school and sit in the classroom in the back of 200 students at the University of Washington, long hours of hearing uh, professors drone on. And I was one of these kids that was jumping out of my seat going, man, this is amazing. Look at what God made. This is incredible. Mm. And, I, and I'm thankful that God radically um, gave me a new perspective on what he had made. So here we are dealing with something that, uh, has really been messed up, which is this idea that we contain all of these parts in our body that really are just leftovers. Mm. Have you ever heard the term uh, um, vestigial organ? Yeah, I have. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a common term that kind of came out of the 1800s where there was a lot of uh, scientists that hung out with Charles Darwin and they were coming up with these ideas as they looked at the human body and they're saying, what in the world is this part for? They were doing gross anatomy and they were like, Oh, that must be left over from our time as an embryo. They did some kind of uh, they did some things that were unique, which is they did comparison studies between embryos of dogs and embryos of monkeys and embryos of chickens, and they saw a common pattern of growth, 
And then they said, well, that must be influenced because we were once chickens and then later on we became dogs and then we became monkeys. And and so we have all of these vestiges, these leftover baggage from when we were uh, further down the evolutionary chain. And here we are uh, walking around in these bodies that that are continuing to evolve, uh, but we've got tails that shouldn't be there. We've got tags on our ears that shouldn't be there. We've got this appendix that's hanging off our bowels. That must be leftover right from something so medicine for uh, still has these these faults they lead us to a, a wrong presupposition and that we look at people's bodies and we say yeah that's that's still evolving look at all these leftovers uh it leads us to think we can um even do things like transhumanism where we begin to introduce other species parts or dna into our system where we uh I don't know if you saw recently, they tried to implant a, a pig's heart into a human, yeah. and it went very, very badly. The human, the man died of, of a virus that had never been experienced by humans before from the pig's heart. Uh, oh. Yeah, and, and you know, we thought, well, this is fantastic. We've got all these pigs out there. I mean, sausage in one part and hearts in the other, and we can, we can harvest these. I mean, well, bacon's so good. <laughs> well, you know, bacon is good, and uh, God be praised for bacon. Um, I'm hoping that it'll be a bacon tree when we get to heaven, but uh, if not, he'll have to take that desire away from me. That's a little aside, folks. Yeah. Um, here we are, Christians, and we have a completely different perspective. We're not animals that have suddenly evolved or have these leftover parts, but we are uniquely made by the hand of our creator. And every part of us has a purpose. Every part of us was hand designed. I love the, that, that passage in Genesis 2, because when it says that man was formed from the dust of the ground, it's the, the term for formed is to make a pot. Mm. Now, have you ever seen potters? Those guys have their hands on. Yeah. Their fingers are, are uniquely to it. Uh, if you've seen the, the movie Ghost, you, see, you can see that it, it, can, it can get really personal. Uh, <laughs> there's another aside. But it really is this idea of, 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 a, of a person forming intricately something that, that um, every part uh, was designed and made and hand-touched and handcrafted. We love that, that bespoke idea when we look at um, getting an Etsy and we want to buy a leather belt or a purse or something. But you as a human are made that way as well. You see the same kind of thing with Paul. He's picking up on that language. He says, can the clay tail the potter, right? He, he's picking up on Absolutely. the same sort of language. Yeah. So, so Doc, tell me something. What makes an appendix go bad? Well, that's a great question. And we've actually seen some appendixes go bad more often this year than not. We do live in a broken world. And as Christians, we also understand that what we are made for is not perfect. Uh, We're Like I said, we're this side of heaven, but we're also this side of Eden. We live in a world that is affected by sin, and sin is is bringing death to our bodies. Mm -hmm. One of the ways that we experience sickness is by sickness of this beautiful organ called the appendix. The appendix is this little pocket, but pockets can get trapped as a, uh, as a, uh, um, basically plugged. And there's a couple different things that happen. You can get plugs, and we don't know quite how they happen. The most common plug is actually a lymph node. So the appendix has a lot of lymph nodes that track along it, and those lymph nodes from most commonly a virus can actually um, kind of pinch the end of the appendix, and then you have this pocket now that has those beautiful bacteria that can, when they're trapped in a little pocket, begin going bad. Mm. Why we've seen a lot of this? Well, um, one of the most uh, common side effects of having COVID over this last year is uh, lymph nodes in our abdomen and lymph nodes all over our body. It's a common thing when we fight off an illness to get big lymph nodes. We've seen quite a few kids that we've had to 
wonder whether they've had appendicitis uh, just by virtue of having had COVID a couple weeks before and then they've had appendicitis. And we know that this is the case. We actually know that that's, uh, as an aside, not just related to COVID itself, but to any virus, but also the COVID vaccine. We've We've had people develop big lymph nodes from having COVID shots in the shoulder and then have abnormal mammograms for months on end. But it's the, to, to not get too far off into the weeds there, there's a lot of things that trip us up. And yeah. we live in a viral-filled world, whether it's COVID or whether it's the hundreds and hundreds and other hundreds of other viruses that we see frequently go through. It sets up a stage where the appendix can get plugged. And then it has nowhere to go. So is there any way to unplug it or is it removal of the appendix the only? Because that's right now. Yeah, the, fascinating the, question. Yeah, the, everybody thinks it's the only way to fix it is removal. Is that the only way? It isn't the only way. Ah. Uh, uh, perhaps we'll have a chance to have a surgeon on some time to talk about how that's changing. But now we realize that more often than not, uh, this is more than 50% of the time, that we can treat people with an antibiotic, help calm down that, uh, and perhaps save the appendix. Um, and that's a whole brain change but again, it's why I think that we've come with a bit of a bias. When we think this is just yeah. a hang-on organ, useless vestige of being an evolved monkey, boy, that changes the idea of the value of each little part that we have. But when we actually take a step back, and which we should do as believers, as we step out of this worldview that we're steeped in, and we say, no, beautifully made, but live in a broken world, are there ways that we can preserve this? Are there ways that we can say uh, this would be a benefit? <laughs> And it's just, uh, you know, I think it, it, it kind of, you mentioned the, the potter and the, uh, uh, that Paul talks about. Paul talks about something else that's really unique in 1 Corinthians where he talks about all the body parts. Yeah. And he says that there's body parts that are, that are uh, of lesser honor, and yet God bestows on them honor. Mm. Uh, God, uh, it even says, but as it is that he has arranged each member in the body, each one of them, just like he chose. Whether we're talking about appendix Uh, and the purpose, or whether we're talking about each individual in the church, each of them as God has chosen and placed, each of them with a unique value, whether they realize it, whether they look in the mirror and think, man, I'm just an appendix hanging off the the tail end of culture here, taking a tail end of my family, no value, no purpose. No, you are uniquely created by God, and a God who knows and loves you, and a God who can redeem you and give you purpose, and what a remarkable place to be. That's awesome. Praise God. Hey, let's worship uh, the one true creator, the one who made us with his own hands, and let's give him uh, honor and glory for the, for the lesser parts and the greater parts, how they all work together for his glory. And don't forget, you were made with the same purpose.